You're listening to the Charge Forward audio blog by Chargebacks 911, bringing you the latest in payments and fraud. To learn more about how Chargebacks 911 can help you reduce chargebacks and recover revenue lost to fraud, visit us online at chargebacks911.com. This episode is a replay of a webinar entitled Finding a Better Alternative, Integrating Alternative Payments While Lowering Friction at Checkout, and features experts from Chargebacks 911 and Payline. All right, we'll go ahead and get started. Um, thank you so much for everyone for being here. Uh, good afternoon. I uh, really appreciate you all taking the time out of your work day to be here. My name is Justin Clements. I'm the Director of PR and Media Relations for Chargebacks 911. For those who are unfamiliar with Chargebacks 911, we help merchants by providing customizable solutions to help prevent fraudulent or illegitimate chargebacks from happening and recovering lost revenue when they do. Uh, today is actually my first time officially hosting a webinar for Chargebacks 911, so much appreciation for everyone being here for my inaugural webinar. I'm really excited to be joined today by Colin Driscoll, who is the head of customer acquisition for Payline and will be our Sherpa, so to speak, guiding us through the mountains of alternative payments. So, Colin, thank you very much for being here. Uh, would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself and Payline and your company's areas of expertise? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, excited to be on the webinar as well today, Justin. Um, as mentioned, my name is Colin Driscoll. I am the head of customer acquisition for Payline Data. Uh, been at Payline about five years um, in various sales and business development roles. We are a Chicago-based payment processing company that was started in 2009. Um, quick elevator pitch of Payline, if you will, is we are a vertically focused uh payment processing company, specifically in the medical and quick service food or restaurant space. Uh, we also dabble in high-risk processing. So that is Payline Data. That is who I am. And like I said, excited to be here today. Yeah, thank you very much. And before I get started, I just want to quickly go over how this webinar is structured. The first part of the webinar will include a short presentation from Colin with some questions sprinkled in from myself, as well as some questions that were submitted by some of you when you registered for the event. Uh, this portion of the webinar will have some visual elements, so it's important that, if at all possible, uh, you close other windows and we can have your undivided attention. The second portion of the webinar will be a Q&A where we answer many of the questions that were submitted. Uh, this portion will be a little less visual, so it's okay if you just want to listen for that part. Uh, and during the webinar, feel free to submit any questions that you might have. Uh, we promise to answer any questions that are submitted. Uh, we'll try to get to as many of them here live during the webinar as we can. But if we can't, any questions that we're not able to get to, we'll answer via email after the webinar. So today's webinar, we're going to be going over alternative payment methods uh, and how to integrate them into your business while lowering friction at checkout. So globally, credit card payments account for only a third of online retail, which means that there's a huge portion of e-commerce cust customers who are using alternative payment methods. So knowing which ones are right for your business and customer base can help you stay in step with emerging payment technology, as well as provide safer and more efficient transactions. So throughout this presentation, we'll look to answer some looming questions surrounding alternative payment methods. Uh, those are including what kinds of alternative payment methods are consumers using? Uh, will offering alternative payment options increase consumer loyalty or lead to checkout friction? Uh, and do alternative payment companies work the same? So we'll kind of dive right into that. Um, my predecessor before me, who typically runs these webinars, has a tradition at the beginning of each of these presentations. Uh, and quite frankly, it's something I have a lot of experience in. So I'd like to pick up the mantle and continue that legacy by 
asking a dumb question. Uh, so seeing as uh, your company specializes in payment solutions, Colin, I'm sure you're being asked about a lot of alternative payment methods and everything like that. So my dumb question is, what are alternative payment methods and what are the most important things businesses should know about them? Right. Absolutely. Um, at Payline, we define alternative payment methods as, simply put, not a credit or a debit card. Obviously, like I mentioned, payment processing is the core of what we do at Payline. So an alternative to the core would be, again, what we consider an alternative payment method. Um, on this webinar, obviously, we'll get into the wide range and, and ever-growing range of options. Um, and then we'll discuss you know, consumer trends when it comes to checking out any e-commerce websites uh, when it comes to outside of a credit card. In terms of what businesses uh, should know with alternative payment methods, we'll get into some of the costs of them, we'll get into the setup, but I think most importantly, we'll get into the industry trends and the pros and cons associated with uh, each alternative payment method that is available to you as a business owner in 2023. Starting at the top then, um, as mentioned, we'll go through a few just uh, of the most common alternative payment methods. For sake of this webinar, I've broken it into a few different buckets. You'll see here, these are what we consider external payment methods, uh, basically the opposite of an internal payment method. When you have an internal payment method, that's simply a credit card. A company like Payline integrates into your website for an internal checkout process. External gets us into the world of alternative payment methods, um, and there's really two main types. First, a definition of external payment methods. Essentially, it's when the consumer on your website is redirected from the site or simply a pop-up comes up to go ahead and complete that transaction and move forward with the sale. As you see here, the two main types uh, of external payment methods are buy now, pay later, or BNPL, as we call it in the industry. Few of the most common um, companies in that space would be Affirm, Klarna, Afterpay, Essentially, what this means is if, you if you're not familiar with the concept or haven't used it as a consumer yourself, this is essentially when a, a customer completes a sale on a website immediately, pays a portion, and then pays the rest in installment plans to that company. Again, you're buying the product now, but you're paying it later. We'll dive into a little bit more on this topic later, but just know that this is what we call an external alternative payment method. And then the second uh, form of external payment methods are wallets. You'll most likely recognize a few of the brand names on this site here. Um, but what you have with a wallet are really the most common alternative payment methods on the market. Specifically, PayPal, 63% uh, of consumers say they have checked out on a site with their personal PayPal account one way or another. You have uh, Amazon Pay, which essentially the way this functions is a button that enables a, an end consumer to hit the button, be redirected or pop up, again, an external payment method, and then log into their Amazon account and use the stored card on file there. That's the exact same workflow with Facebook Pay, Google Pay, Apple Pay. All of these are what we consider wallets and external payment methods. The on the opposite end of the spectrum of external, you have manual solutions. Um, these are a little bit more personal as the business owner. Essentially what you're doing here is you're setting the terms and negotiating with the buyer on how that individual is going to move forward with the sale with your company. Generally speaking, again, these are more personal because you're facilitating uh, a cash transaction, a money order, a bank deposit, for example. 
Secondarily, when it comes to manual alternative payment methods, you have peer-to-peer uh, -peer environments. I'm sure as consumers, you guys have used Venmo or Zelle or Cash App. Essentially, this is a simple sending of payment from one person to another. Generally speaking, this is done on an app like Venmo, and you link your bank account on that app to go ahead and move forward with that transaction. Again, these are manual alternative payment methods to credit cards. Gotcha. And interestingly enough, we, we actually had an attendee question submitted ahead of the webinar that ties in pretty well to this slide, uh, specifically with the peer-to-peer -peer, uh, transactions uh, as well as real-time payments. So, uh, and, and just to clarify between the two, so peer-to-peer -peer payment methods like Venmo and Cash App and Zelle, they take a few hours or days to transfer funds, whereas the real-time payments like the Clearinghouse, which spawned from Automated Clearinghouse and FedNow, which was started by the Federal Reserve, those are instantaneous transfers of money directly between bank accounts. So the question that we had submitted was, uh, what challenges do you see integrating real-time payments like FedNow uh, in, at, at checkout? Yeah, this is a really good question. I think tying it into trends of the industry, people want uh, or business owners want their money, generally speaking, as quickly as possible, right? A lot of the frustrations uh, business owners have that we see on the pay line side with credit card processing comes to funding timelines. Uh, so when you're looking at integrating real-time payments like FedNow, and pausing there for a second, the def definition of that essentially is a real-time payment option, which is backed by the Federal Reserve. And that's what makes FedNow uh, a unique and emerging option for alternative payment methods. I think when you're specifically talking about the, the challenges in integrating that, um, I think that we, we've seen there's a, a time for consumers to get used to that. We'll get into some of the uh, all the alternative payment methods that I mentioned previously and why they're the most common, but a common theme is the trust or the security associated with that. If I'm putting myself in the consumer's shoes and I'm real-time integrating my routing and account number through FedNow on a potentially miscellaneous website or a website in general, I think what we see is it takes time to develop that trust over time. So um, when you're looking at Challenges with integrating real-time payments, that is the thing that I would look to is specifically the trust uh, and that being built over time with that. Interesting. No, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and the last um, that I'll mention in terms of alternative payment methods, which uh, is a concept I'm sure everybody on this call is familiar with, and that being crypto. Um, the main value to this is really twofold for business owners like yourself. One, it's instant. The trans, the uh, The transaction, the transition of funds is instant. And then most importantly with crypto is you're eliminating the credit card processing fees. Obviously, as business owners, you know the cost of accepting credit cards on the low end is somewhere around 2%. On the high end can be three and a half or, or even higher if you're in specific industries and things along that lines. But the main reason why credit cards are uh, expensive for business owners to accept is that interchange, the rate that Visa, MasterCard, Amex, Discover, the rate, the rate that they take per transaction has consistently grown year over year. So with cryptocurrency, you really are you really are removing that fee. Again, we'll touch on crypto a little bit later with some of the potential downsides, but that is another alternative payment method when it comes to it. In in 2023 in particular, we're just seeing uh, a lot of competition for e-commerce sales. I'm sure uh, you guys are familiar with brands that are coming up all the time. Maybe your friends and family are talking about creating their own websites or you're seeing these companies like Shopify and Shopify competitors that make it easy for business owners like yourself to spin up websites relatively cost effectively and efficiently. 
So, you know, in this webinar, we'll, we'll dig into my belief that businesses need to be on par um, when it comes to the checkout process in terms of giving different options, but not overwhelming uh, the end consumer on that. Gotcha. Now, Colin, I know the uh, the alternative payment methods that you presented, I'm sure that they all have their own different features, their own different processes. And because my brain is constantly revolving around chargebacks and the pre and post transaction process in general, uh, um, you know, I was just kind of curious as to um, which one of these uh, alternative payment methods are, uh, I, I guess, are most popular right now currently. Yeah, it's a really good question, and and the simple answer is uh, PayPal. Um, I, I briefly talked about um, the wallet option that is PayPal previously, and specifically harping on that brand name. Uh, I do think that the reason why PayPal is the most common, it, you know, as we sit here in February of 2023, is based on that trust or that sense of security. Consumers know that they have credit cards, most likely multiple credit cards. They have a debit card, potentially multiple debit cards, uh, but they they also have um, you know, a PayPal account. I think that eventually will spin into ones that were on the previous slide, like Google Pay and Facebook Pay, which we'll get into in a little bit as well. But I do believe that PayPal is the most effective for business owners right now when it comes to converting customers on the checkout process with their website. Gotcha. So the question always becomes, you know, what is right for your business when you're looking at, uh, integrating alternative payment methods and lowering friction on your website, right? First and foremost, the biggest driver we see is the vision and the type of business that you have. If you've taken the time to make clear your vision and the values of your business, that will help dictate which alternative payment methods you might want to consider using. You'll make sure you want to, you, you will want to make sure that you are clearly articulating your goals and specifically your payment terms. So that will help you understand which alternative payment methods fit. For example, maybe, you know, you sell to certain countries and people in that country tend to favor one alternative payment method over another. Maybe you need certain tools or features based on your product and therefore an, a certain alternative payment method may fit that individual feature that you need. So uh, what I would recommend is just taking the time to think through your vision, your payment terms and marrying the alternative payment methods back up to that vision. Secondarily, you're going to want to consider your target market, right? When you got, when your business was formed, you thought about who you're going to, what you're going to be selling and who you're going to be selling to. So you're going to want to have a clear idea of your target customers and what they prefer when it comes to payment options. Maybe they have cryptocurrency or they don't have cryptocurrency. Maybe they're less inclined to have a PayPal account for one reason or another, but you'll want to think about your customers and your potential customers when you expand and how you feel they're going to want to check out on websites. Additionally, there's going to be security concerns. Uh, as, as briefly mentioned so far, I believe it's, you know, it's always better to take extra precautions when selecting your payment alternative or your alternative payment methods on your website. You just want to ensure that it's secure. It comes with efficient fraud detection or chargeback prevention, as Justin alluded to. And overall, you're providing a seamless checkout process for your customers um, and lowering that, that friction as, as we talked about. Lastly, the shopping experience comes to mind when you're thinking about what is right for your business. You know, a good shopping experience is, is really a must in 2023, as mentioned, with all the competition for different e-commerce sites. So you want to maximize conversion uh, and minimize churn, you know, with these uh, alternative payment methods in addition to credit cards on your website.
Yeah, and those and those last two points that you brought up uh, very much stand out to me: the security concerns and the shopping experience. So at Chargebacks 911, right in our line of work, uh, we find it extremely important to have fraud detection tools in place and have a streamlined customer service process for the merchants that we work with, because uh, we've just found that having both of these areas fine-tuned can give a business a leg up on preventing chargebacks, and it's something that we highly advise to our clients uh, on things they can do pre-transaction to avoid chargebacks. Um, like For example, if your business is processing transactions with multiple red flags, you run the risk of approving a fraudulent transaction, and you'll likely receive a chargeback. Um, so if your business return policy isn't, you know, easy and efficient, some customers might opt to file a chargeback out of convenience sake. So, uh, I guess my question for you there is, uh, are there alternative payment options that you find are more effective for either security or customer experience? Yes. I think it really comes back to, again, that idea of, uh, brand, right? If I am a consumer and I have a PayPal account, even if I don't use it very often, Let's say I'm at a website and I don't have my credit card or debit card on me, but I do have, you know, an easy option to integrate it or to log into PayPal and go ahead and move forward with that uh, transaction. You know, I believe that while payment methods are going to continue to grow, things like crypto and Google Pay and, and things and buy now, pay later will continue to scale. But uh, in this moment, I do believe that having a PayPal account or similar wallet solution as laid out previously is going to be the best way for that to be uh, to be executed. Moving on to, um, you know, an understanding of which alternative payment methods are going to be most important for business owners, you know, um, today. I do think it's important to note that while alternative payment methods are becoming more and more common, 33% of people still use, you know, their, their internal payment method, their credit or their debit card. I think in general, as a consumer, I still use my credit card on the majority of transactions that I go through with. I do use alternative payment methods, but I still use a credit card. So for this webinar, while we're talking about alternative payment methods, I did think it was important to just touch on the fact that you still want to be able to give the consumer a way to check out with their credit or debit card on a website for the mm -hmm. simple fact that, it's fact that it's simple, it's secure, and potentially, most importantly, it's familiar. In addition, you know, the consumers continue to want their rewards, right? I talked about the rise of interchange previously, the, the rate that goes back to the card brands, Visa, MasterCard, Amex, and Discover. Well, that rate, you know, has risen because we're, and because rewards continue to rise for consumers. Additionally, credit lines may be getting longer and longer with inflation and things like that. But the overall point being, as interchange rises, rewards rise for the consumers, and therefore customers are going to want to continue to get their rewards for using their credit card. Mm -hmm. Outside of credit cards, though, you know, uh, the most popular options, again, continue to be PayPal. It, it frankly wins based on popularity, and we've talked about the name brand with that. Outside of PayPal and credit cards, um, this is a good opportunity to bring up that concept of buy now, pay later, or BNPL. Again, just recapping briefly, essentially it's an option for the consumer to move forward with the transaction now, but pay for it in installment plans. Generally speaking, this is, you know, every other week uh, for somewhere between four, uh, 30 and 60 days, four and eight weeks. Some, a, a few quick statistics for you. 60% um, of people across the country currently say they have tried BNPL as a consumer. I know I have myself. Uh, basically, the win is it spreads out the payments for the consumer as they're you know, being conscious of credit and their spending, especially as we saw throughout the holiday season in the last quarter. Uh, and then as a business owner, you, you're still converting on that sale. So it really is a win-win in that. The downside, however, uh, is the debt that can be accumulated, right? 
Currently, about 14% of people don't have the ability to complete their payment plan as a result of buy now, pay later, uh, and the average debt is about $800 across that. Again, we saw that huge spike in the, in the holiday season across industries like clothing, furniture, electronics. Uh, one other down, downside with the buy now, pay later is the, the cost to the business owner yourself. Each one is a little bit different, um, but in general, you're looking at between uh, at least 3.3% and $0.30 cents per uh, transaction for buy now, pay later transactions. Yeah, and it's, um, you know, and it's understandable that we're seeing some of these like emerging alternative payment methods that are adapting to what consumers are going through, whether it's, you know, with the economy or, you know, whatever it is that they might be going through. Uh, but given the alternative payment methods that you had just mentioned, uh, do you, which ones will we see become more popular in 2023? And then on the opposite end of that spectrum, are there any of these methods that pose more of a risk for merchants? Yeah, really, really um, important question. When it comes to becoming more popular, I do believe that the two that are going to be there are the wallet options. Again, those external alternative payment methods, the wallets, specifically Facebook and Google Pay. Um, I really do view that as very similar to PayPal, right? People have Facebook accounts and Google accounts. So the same concept where they click on that, they log in to their Facebook or Google account, and then their payment method is automatically stored on there. It's extremely seamless for the end consumer. And you're, again, relying on that brand name of uh, Facebook, Meta, and then Google, similar to PayPal. Secondarily, um, I, I do believe that crypto will continue to grow. Obviously, we saw a huge spike in the use of crypto over the last few years. But what's come with that is a lot of companies that are giving the ability for business owners to accept crypto in a seamless, not confusing, potentially most importantly, um, an efficient way. And then being able to convert that to USD uh, as, as quickly as possible. So those would be the ones that I look out for when it comes to growing popularity in 2023. When it comes to uh, the most risk for business owners or for merchants like yourself, um, I, I do believe this is where the downside of crypto can come in because there really is no chargeback protection for business owners. And then there's no consumer protection if you're looking at it from an investor perspective. So when you're thinking about um, your business, and again, tying it back to the uh, vision and the goals of your business, you want to make sure that you're thinking about chargeback protection when it comes to um, sales on your website. As a business owner, obviously, you know, the main um, focus for you when it comes to your website potentially is sales. So what we're looking to do here is what I consider the three, the three C's of e-commerce and, and online retail. We're looking to maximize conversion while we are minimizing churn and minimizing confusion for the people that are visiting your website. Conversion, obviously, is the idea of maximizing sales as uh, yeah, as best as you can. For this, you want to have customer experience and then flexibility. What we're looking to do here is create a path for the business or for the end consumer to navigate your website, locate the products or service that they're looking to gain from visiting your website and your company, and be able to pay for that um, as quickly as possible. This is where alternative payment methods really plays a big part because you want to lower the friction, friction associated with that process. You know, again, maybe the, the end consumer doesn't have a credit card or a debit card uh, either on them or stored in their browser potentially. You know, maybe they don't have a PayPal. Maybe they've never ha uh, heard about buy now, pay later, but never tried it and have, um, you know, have an interest in potentially trying that. So when you're looking at conversion on your website, you're thinking about customer experience and alternative payment methods. 
However, on the opposite end of the spectrum, again, you're trying to minimize churn and minimize confusion with that. You're trying to avoid people dropping off on your website. Obviously, not 100% of people are going to move forward with a transaction on your site. But, you know, just putting my consumer hat on for a second, there's really nothing more frustrating, you know, when I'm on a website than extremely long load times, the inability to get to the shopping cart, check out, the inability for buttons to work. You really want to, you know, as the competition for online retail is higher than it's ever been, you really do need to make sure you're on par with the um, consumer process on your site. And that ties into to confusion as well. One important point with that, though, and tying it back to alternative payment methods is I believe there is a, a little bit of a, a misconception when it comes to over, um, yeah, overdoing your, your shopping cart. You, you, like I said, you want to have the ability for them to check out with their internal payment method, their credit or debit card, but you do want to have the ability for them to check out with, I believe the sweet spot is one or two alternative payment methods. I think you can confuse a, an end consumer if you overload the last step in your process, it can feel like your website becomes extremely busy. So this is where I feel like you want to take the time to think about your goals, your target market, and your vision, and then add one or two alternative payment methods in addition to credit or debit cards on your site. There's there's kind of a sweet spot there of giving consumers the ability to check out how they prefer, but not overwhelming them with too many options or a, a um, yeah an, an overwhelmingly busy site. Gotcha. So you want to make it a little bit streamlined. Now that, that makes sense. So I, I know that there's not much that merchants can do to make a particular payment process easier. You know, there's, there's nothing that they can really do about how, you know, PayPal takes credit cards or there's nothing that merchants can really do about consumer protections for crypto. But is there anything that merchants can do at checkout to make new payment options less confusing? Yeah, I think there's a, a few different ways that you can go about it. Again, uh, you know, I do keep coming back to the concept of brand names. I do feel like that holds a lot of weight when it comes to alternative payment methods. So that would be one kind of quick fix is having brand names that consumers are familiar with, your PayPal's, your Google, your Facebook pays, your, your Apple pays. The second thing would be, you know, depending on the size of your business and the scope and the size of your staff, you do have the ability to go about it a little bit manually when it comes to pop-up messages on your website, you know, you can put things in place that if a customer is hovered over one particular thing for a certain amount of time, you can have a pop-up that uh, points them in the right direction or even provides a support number if you have that on your staff to go ahead and complete that process or have them check out in an entirely different fashion with a an invoice or an over-the-phone transaction. So I do feel like there are two different ways to make it less confusing, one being relying on the brand names and two, thinking through if it fits for your business to come up with a, a bit of a more manual way to help them get over that last, uh, you know, 5% of the checkout process on your site. Okay, that makes sense. Tying up the idea of alternative payment methods methods is really um, just across the board. You know, I, I think the main question is, is it a necessity or a luxury? In my opinion, and obviously just, just one opinion, but I do feel like we're, we're crossing that chasm into more of a necessity from a luxury at this point, just because, again, with the competition of online retail across the board in 2023, the different, you know, as Justin mentioned at the top of the call, and we've talked about only 33% of people are using credit cards. So two thirds of people need a different way to, to check out uh, on a website. So I think we're really crossing that chasm into uh, more of a, a necessity uh, than a luxury for business owners like yourself to go ahead and implement um, or integrate alternative payment methods onto your website. 
And then in terms of an implementation process, you know, because of that first point of this being so popular in 2023, the implementation process, fortunately for business owners, really is not uh, extremely taxing. If you're looking at um, companies like PayPal or, or uh, putting in a buy now, pay later option like Klarna or Affirm, all of these have a lengthy list of integrations that you can go ahead and put in place uh, on your website. So if you're using things like Shopify or Wix or WooCommerce, a lot of these major alternative payment methods integrate directly. So you basically just need to log in, locate the plugin, and go ahead and implement it that way. So because the idea of alternative payment methods is, has become more of a necessity than a luxury, the implementation process is not uh, quite as taxing as it may have once been for yourself. And, and now, Colin, I so again because we focus on on chargebacks over here. Like my my mind goes to how to prevent unnecessary chargebacks, and that usually goes step in step with what consumer protections are available for these different payment options. Um, so, are you able to tell us which alternative methods of payments come with consumer protection features? Which ones? Uh, what payment methods out there are sort of a uh, have a strong foothold when it comes to protecting consumers? Yeah, uh, this is really the other main reason why a company like PayPal is the the main alternative payment methods, uh, alternative payment method on the market currently. You know, we talked about the buy now, pay later options and crypto potentially losing in that regard with things like chargebacks. Uh, this is where PayPal really, <clears throat> outside of the brand name, has, has a uh, stronger foothold as well with their buyer protection reimbursement program. So if you're thinking about, you know, um, the idea of consumer protection, PayPal really does win in that regard. And then, you know, I would be remiss to say a company like Payline, obviously this is not an alternative payment method, but if 33% of people are still using credit card, you do want to make sure that your processor uh, has tools in place like this to go ahead and protect you as the business owner and the consumer. We obviously have chargeback mitigation or chargeback prevention tools through our partnership with Chargebacks 911. There's a lot of fraud detection and fraud prevention tools as well. So I think, you know, a lot of the conversation in this call obviously is alternative payment methods, but you do want to make sure that your credit card processing company, regardless of who you're using, uh, is taking care of you in that regard as well. Gotcha. That makes sense. And another question that, that comes to mind, uh, more so for the merchants who might be on the call today, um, how can these businesses find out their target audiences preferred methods of, of payment. So, you know, they understand who their target audience is, uh, you know, what categories they fall into. How do they go about finding that target audience's preferred method of payment? Yeah, that's that's a, a really good question, Justin. You know, obviously we talked about some of the things like vision and target customers, but, you know, it's one thing to have a plan and a, and a bit of an assumption with that. And the second thing to confirm that and move forward with the idea of converting more on your website. I think the best way to go about this, honestly, is is market research. You know, at Payline, I know, and I'm sure at Chargebacks 911, what you guys are doing uh, is similar, where you're always surveying the landscape of your competitors to figure out what they're offering. Are there new things that they're either focusing on or not focusing on and why that may be the reason? So, you know, as a business owner, if you're if you're taking a look at what the market is doing, um, you're looking at similar businesses uh, or similar products, how they sell online, what they're doing. Um, and then specifically which alternative payment methods they're looking at, I think that'll give you an understanding of if your assumption uh, of your target market and your vision for your company is, is correct when it comes to alternative payment methods. Gotcha. No, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you very, very much.
Absolutely. Uh, I believe this takes us to the Q&A portion of our webinar. So, Colin, thank you very much for uh, for all the information that you gave. It's extremely valuable. Um, I know I certainly have like a better understanding of, you know, how these alternative payment methods work, which ones are, are sort of emerging and which ones can protect consumers and merchants. So uh, very much appreciate the information that you brought today. Um, so just diving into the Q&A portion, um, we, we took a look at some of the questions. Um, I know most of these are going to be uh, pertain, pertaining toward uh, Payline and, and Colin. Uh, if, there, if there's any that have to do with chargebacks, I can I can probably comment on those. But we'll just dive right into the questions if you're if you're ready, Colin. Yeah, that sounds lovely. All right. Question number one from Ryan. Ryan asks, with alternative payment options, are there additional fees to accept them? Yeah, this is the uh, million dollar question, right? You know, it's great to understand that alternative payment methods are a bit more of a necessity at this point, but you know, what is, what does it cost is always the, the million dollar question, right? So I think for this, it's probably best to focus on the most popular options for this, um, sp starting with again, PayPal. Really the cost of PayPal um, is pretty straightforward. They have a flat three and a half percent per transaction cost, and then usually 20 or 30 cents per transaction. There is a little bit of variance with PayPal based on your volume or, or things along that line, but in general, uh, with a company like PayPal, you should expect to pay 3.5% regardless of the card that you accept on your website and between 20 and 30 cents. Uh, in addition to PayPal, we talked about Buy Now, Pay Later. Uh, buy Now, Pay Later is, is really going to be a, a similar pay structure to PayPal where you're paying a flat rate. Generally speaking, those are closer to 3.3% and 30 cents. Obviously, we talked about Affirm and Klarna and Afterpay. So there are there's a little bit of variance based on which company you're looking at implementing, implementing but you should expect to pay right around 3.3% and then 30 cents. Really, if the if the follow-up question to that would be, you know, how can you integrate an alternative payment method but reduce the cost of that? You really do have to look at the manual path that we discussed, which would be, you know, the cash options or the peer-to-peer -peer environments. So if your business has a way to implement cash wire transfer or, you know, um, a Venmo, for an example, of a peer-to-peer -peer environment, that would be really the best way for you to go ahead and reduce the cost. But again, you'll want to make sure that that is a fit for your business based on how you're going about um, taking sales on your website. Gotcha. All right. Our next question comes from Igor, and he asks, how do QR payments work? Yeah, this is another really good question. Um, just quickly defining QR payments, just so everybody's on the same page. Really, this became extremely popular, at least from my perspective, um, throughout the pandemic in, in the years of 2020 and 2021. The most common use case is most likely when you sit down at a restaurant and instead of a full menu, you get the option to scan the QR code that's on the table or a piece of paper that the restaurant gives you with your phone. And then it takes you to uh, a... Um, you know, a website that has the menu listed on it. A QR code payment works in the exact same fashion. So instead of getting redirected to a menu, obviously you're redirected to a payment page for that company. Uh, so that's the definition of a QR payment. Really, when it comes to how they work, this is something that a company like Payline should be able to take care of for you for, for no big deal at all. We have a, a variety of different ways that we can implement QR codes and hosted payment pages or hosted payment links. Uh, and then essentially you would pay the same rate that you would with your generic Payline account. Obviously, Payline and its competitors charge business owners 
a little bit different. So you want to make sure you're understanding the fee structure of those. But in terms of how they work, you should be able to rely on your payment processing company to be able to set you up with the QR code and pay the associated costs. Gotcha. That's interesting. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question, Igor. All right. Next question comes from Vladimir. Um, yes. How can offering alternative payment methods reduce chargeback ratio? Um, I think that, that, that falls more into, uh, into our line of expertise. I'll, I'll take a stab at answering that. So, uh, so Vladimir, so while each alternative payment method is a little bit different uh, and it's important to do the research on each method that you plan to accept, uh, many of the latest payment methods come with either heightened authentication measures or they're set up in a way where the burden of fraudulent transactions don't fall solely on the merchant. So, for instance, with buy now, pay later programs, most providers will accept liability for buy now, pay later fraud. That occurs on their platform as it's their account on their platform that was compromised. So they'll usually take on the responsibility of that. Um, also, some alternative payment methods like crypto, um, as Colin had mentioned before, they don't come with chargeback protections for consumers. So while this is troublesome for the customer, it also means no risk of chargebacks for merchants who accept that particular method of payment. So. Uh, when you have more secure methods of payments, you decrease the chances of someone making a transaction with stolen card information, right? And that eliminates the need for a victim of fraud to file a chargeback with their issuing bank. So uh, essentially, the more successful transactions and having less fraud will mean a lower chargeback ratio in the end, if, if all that makes sense. All right. Next question is from Dwayne. He asks, will alternative payment methods be outside of accredited clearinghouse payments and also be monitored by NACHA regulations? Um, and just for everyone listening, uh, NACHA is the National Automated Clearinghouse Association, and they govern the ACH network. Colin, I'll let you take this one. Yeah, this is a really good question. Um, the spot to start with it, I believe, would be just with one uh, exception, some of the alternative payment methods that we've discussed today. Really, the uh, potentially obvious one would be within cryptocurrency because we're not talking about U.S. dollars. This would be the only one that would be outside of your traditional regulations that you may be used to. So um, that's going to be important to note. But obviously, like I mentioned, there are a lot of different companies that work uh, and have come up with solutions to convert crypto into USD. So if that is something that you feel like is a fit or you're intrigued on, that would be important to note. In terms of all the other ones, your your uh, wallet solutions and your buy now, pay later, those are still going to be uh, credit card transactions just done through a different option than your traditional internal credit card solutions. Again, one other, actually, uh, one other exception that I should have mentioned at, this top, at the top would have been cash as well. But everything else uh, would be all in the same lane that you are used to as a business owner. Gotcha. All right, and this next question I really appreciate because it really ties into what we were talking about as far as the checkout experience. Uh, Karen asks, is there a risk for adding too many accepted payment methods to your business? Yeah, this is an important question, right, because the whole point of the webinar is understanding that what our alternative payment methods are and how you should use them as a business owner. But there is a fine line there, I believe. So the short answer to the question would be, yes, I believe there is a risk for adding potentially too many. Um, as I kind of alluded to previously, I do believe there is a sweet spot of giving the consumer the ability to check out with a credit or debit card as they're traditionally used to, but then also giving them one or two alternative payment methods. 
that I believe is the sweet spot of maximizing conversion, but lowering friction. If you were to go ahead and put in there, or if you, again, put your consumer hat on, right? You get to an option on a website where you buy a few pieces of clothing, for example, then you get to the checkout process and it's uh, four scrolls long of a bunch of different ways for you to check out. You may think about uh, potentially being overwhelmed if you're in that consumer shoe. So I would just make sure that you're thinking about how as a business owner can you minimize the idea of abandoning the shopping cart on your website and staying in line with that sweet spot. Got it. That makes sense. All right. Our next question comes from Jim, who asks, besides crypto, what do you see as the next big alternative payment method? Yeah, this is um, an important question for business owners to understand. Again, um, one person's belief when we're thinking about you know projections. But for me and what we've seen on the payline side is more of those wallet options that rely on brand names, specifically your Facebook pay uh, and your Google pay. You know, um, PayPal is obviously number one for reasons we've talked about, but what makes PayPal great outside of the brand name is that simple click, redirect to a PayPal login, and already moving forward with the stored payment um, option that you have at PayPal. It's the exact same workflow when you're talking about Facebook Pay or Google Pay. A consumer would go to your site. They buy a couple pieces of clothing, to use that same example. They would see the Facebook Pay option. They'd hit the button that says Log into Facebook. They do that, and their payment profile or their payment option is already stored on there. We, you know, we just see that consumers are um comfortable maybe maybe the right word with storing a, a payment option on facebook uh, and then using that separately so again ease of redirect and login and then relying on the brand name with some of those but uh, in the question there i think that is important to note about crypto as well we haven't seen that gone away obviously uh there's been kind of peaks and valleys if you will with the use of crypto and the value of crypto but it is something that we still expect on the pay line side to be a part of the alternative payment methods puzzle when you're thinking about how to maximize your sales. Gotcha. All right, everyone, that is the end of our webinar. Um, again, I just want to thank everybody for uh, coming out today, learning a little bit about alternative payment methods. Um, I, I know it's something that is constantly evolving. So just kind of getting a foothold on where everything's at right now, I think is uh, incredibly beneficial. So Colin, Thank you so much for sharing everything that you know um, and, and showing us some insights and what we can expect this year as far as how that's going to evolve. Um, I just, again, I just want to thank everybody for attending. Again, my first webinar, uh, and I couldn't have asked for a, a better showing uh, and, and asking for a, a better co-presenter than, than you, Colin. So th thank you guys very, very much. Well, I, I appreciate it, Justin. Thanks for everybody for joining, and um, uh, you're a natural with the webinar. So excited to see the next few ones as well. Uh, appreciate that. And uh, everybody who's in attendance, uh, just a reminder that this webinar was recorded and we'll have a link at some point in the next day or so that it can be shared with colleagues. Or if you were just absolutely blown away with mine and Colin's performance today, uh, you can watch it again yourselves. Uh, after about 30 days, we'll have this webinar up live on our podcast. Uh, that's Charge Forward with Chargebacks 911. Uh, you can find that anywhere that you listen to podcasts. So be on the lookout for that if you feel like giving it a listen again. Um, yeah, thank you all very much. Uh, we'll look to answer any questions that we weren't able to get to today via email. We'll uh, reach out to you and answer those questions. Feel free to reach out to us at Chargebacks 911. Um, we'll be happy to answer any questions that you might have on chargebacks or alternative payment methods. Um, but again, just want to thank everybody for showing up today. Uh, very much appreciated. Thank you all so much. Have a good rest of your day.